What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Today, Sean and I jumped right in, and we went back over MLB. Um, a couple more signings we had to go over, a few trades and whatnot. Following that, we talked just a little bit of college football, just a smidge. After that, we talked our local NBA teams, and then we recapped week 14 of the NFL season and jumped into week 15 with our picks just want to apologize in advance. There may be a little bit of a lag here. I don't know. The internet's a wild place, and it didn't really seem to be working its best for us during this podcast, but we fought through it, and I still thought we did a pretty good job. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports and enjoy the pod. I'm doing all right, man. Yeah. Um, I hate this lull that they have. I feel like it's a little too long um, between the conference championship games and then whatever, the college football playoff. But nonetheless, it probably won't be this long when they extend it out to 12. Um, but here we are. Here we are. Um, and the good thing is is that the hot stove is still going. Um, still plenty yes. of moves that were made. Since we last talked, and I will mention on the pod, I said it sounds like the Red Sox are in deep discussions with Xander Bogarts, and then I wake up the next morning, and he's a San Diego Padre, so we might as well start there and then move on to the Mets, but dude, 11 years, $280 million. it sounds like the Red Sox weren't even in that neighborhood. What do you think of that move? I don't think they were in with the years, nor with the money. Um, I mean, I think I texted it to you. Um, they were going to go out and get somebody. They were throwing money around to every single free agent like it was nobody's business. And Bogarts was the one who took the bag. So Red Sox weren't ready to spend that money. They tremendously overspent, according to all experts, for the um, for the guy out of Japan that they brought in. Um, and that's really their only move that they've made thus far, outside of Canley Jansen. Right. Uh, I mean... Uh, by the way, this was really funny. So I get a text from a friend who goes, man, you're Tom really wanted a shit on Cashman last week. I was like, oh, yeah, no. I mean, like he's like he's like finally a, a child from abuse that that's broken free and now can just lash out at the parent that, that did a bad job because that sports father of yours, you know, he's, he's put you through a lot of pain. But um, talking about pain, man, I mean, look at what the Red Sox have lost. I mean, in 2018, they win a World Series. They look really fucking good, right? And that they're set up for a long time. They trade Mookie Betts in a trade that, you know, that would be like the Yankees just losing Aaron Judge outright. The players they got back, including Verdugo, you know, they have moments, but that's kind of it. And now you lose Xander Bogart, who won two championships with you and should be a forever Red Sox. I mean, we talk about having it bad for the Yankees. I mean, this Red Sox situation is has gotten really, really bad, and I don't blame any of the fans who want to riot up in Boston. Yeah, the Red Sox are shot, man. Um, I mean, obviously, the both of us, it's no secret we listen to Simmons, and he has a lot to say about the ownership group. They don't really care. They're on to bigger and better things. I, I, I can see that. Um, the only thing that the Red Sox have over the Yankees, obviously, is the championships. So 
right now, would I rather be a Red Sox fan over the last 20 years? Of course, I'd be an idiot not to want to be. They've won four since 2000, and we've won one. Oh no! Wow. If you want to count, if you want to count 2000 and on, then what the Yankees have won? Well, let's, two? Just go, let's just go 2004 on, like 18 year. Window. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That it's my point is still exists. They've been a better team, but as of right now, I mean. They have no sense of direction. We don't know where the fuck they're going to be. I mean, I think whoever the ownership group is, they should really think about selling this team because it is way too much of an asset to be run like, I don't know, the the Baltimore Orioles is what it feels like. Like as, as much as I'm hating on Cashman and I won't take any of that back, they're not acting like – the Yankees aren't acting like this. No, and, and I mean that's kind of the, the tough part about – The Yankees aren't trading that. away Judge to save money. No. No, I mean, like, the hard part with having that, you know, internal argument or maybe that conversation, you know, is would you rather be Boston or the Yankees over the last 18 years? And obviously you would want to say Boston because of the championships, but Tom, they've missed the playoffs a bunch. They've been in last place a bunch. They've been out of the I agree with you, but Sean, let's, you can't. No, I'm with you. You can't with the right mind say you would take the rings. I'm, I'm just playing the other side. I'm totally on your side in terms of agreement that I want the four rings, but man, it's gotta be a roller coaster ride being a Red Sox fan because you know, you're going to win. And then, you know, you might have two straight years where you're not even relevant. I mean, the Yankees yeah. never have that. And it's, it's, but, tough, you, but, but you just said something that, that I, I disagree with the one part where yes, over the last 20 years, you're right. You do know you're going to win. But as of right now, as a Red Sox fan, I don't know when I'm going to win again, the way this team's right. being run. Right. No, you're you're 100% right. I'm glad you caught me on that because up until this point, right, like you had you had 4 They were really, really good making the playoffs. They win in 8 And then they have a couple years where they don't get in, including that epic collapse in 2011. Bad, bad team in 2012. They win in 13. No playoffs in 14. 15 make the playoffs in 16 17 they don't make it you know win in 18 and then 19 don't make it the 2020 COVID year that that saved them because that was a 100 plus loss team and then you know they get to the ALCS last year and then this year they're out so it's just been complete up and down with them but to lose your franchise players your cornerstones the guys that should retire as forever Red Sox I mean I I would have I would be apoplectic if I was a fan of Boston. Yeah, and I mean, I've got a couple close Boston fans in my life, and it's, you know, there was a lot of chirps throughout the season, and then I think they, their eyes really started to get open. I mean, the trading of bets obviously happened a few years ago, but then losing Mookie, and now it's just they won't even say anything to me. It's just defeat. I can just feel when I bring up the Red Sox and them sink into their chairs. It's just, it's just pure <laughs> defeat in their voice. And then I, 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 I bring up the guy that they overpaid for. I, his name deceives me, and they're like, "What the Yoshida? fuck are we doing?" Like, yes, Yoshida, yeah. I mean, listen, the jury is obviously still out on him. He hasn't played a major league game, but by all accounts, they paid like triple what everybody else was offering, which is another that, that, head-scratcher. Yeah, that does seem to be the prevailing thought, and they, they bring in Kenley Jansen, who had an okay bounce back here with Atlanta last year, but he's been on the down the downturn for a while now, and 
they just don't seem to have a direction. I, I, I don't, and hey, maybe they make a move that completely changes their, their team. But I think when you're a fan of a team and you see two icons, and we'll call Bogarts and, and Betts icons, you lose those guys. I think the time's ticking on Devers because it doesn't sound like any of those extension talks have gone well. Not at all. He hasn't signed yet, and I haven't heard anything since last offseason about that. Once the season ramped up, they cut all ties with the with the agent, or talking to him at least. I mean, again, you know, like you said, with the Red Sox, at least you have all the wins, and you expected to win somewhat in the past, and they made moves to win, bringing in J.D. Martinez with a myriad of other players, but now it's just like you have no, you're just a flag waving in the wind out there. I mean, it's pretty bad. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, Boston, they're they're the complete opposite of what the Padres are now. So we'll, let's look at this deal from the Padres side before we walk on down talk about your Mets and everything else. I mean, the Padres, like you, you, you said it perfectly, they were going to get somebody. Is this an overpay for them? I mean, 11 years is a yes. long time to pay a shortstop. 11 years, and I don't know his age off the top of my head, but I think it's like 33 years old. Um. And I think he's defensively, like 29, but I'll look. I'll look it up. You might be right. I I did look it up, but I'm I'm gonna dub. If you're double check, I'll double check. Whatever. Who gets whoever whoever has better internet will get there first. <laughs> he's thirty um, years old. He's thirty. Yeah, thirty. Okay. I mean, defensive metrics wise, he's already kind of in that. Um, I I don't want to say Jeter area, but he's lost a lot laterally. Um, but the guy is just a professional hitter. They're going to have a lot of great years out of him. Um, but it is an overpay. But for the Padres, who honestly I think are major losers in free agency for the money that they were trying to throw around, losing out on Judge. And they offered – who else did they offer? Trey Turner. They offered Turner. more money. Um I, I think they, they needed to make a big splash. Obviously, they're, they, they're showing that they did because they overpaid for Bogarts, in my opinion. I think they should just field an entire team of shortstops and put them in different positions because it kind of feels like that's what they've done with yeah. you know Machado now at third. Obviously, he's been at third for a bit, but former shortstop. Tatis. You've got yeah, Tatis, and now you've got uh, Bogarts, who's actually going to play short. Um so yeah, man, we'll see what happens there. I, I love the urgency. I just I don't know how the hell San Diego has all this money. I don't understand it. Uh, I think they're just trying to force themselves into becoming a relevant and, and winning franchise. I mean, you can't say they're not they're not trying, right? Oh I no, mean, I, shit. They're, they're going to get all the credit from me for trying. And if if it doesn't well, if it doesn't happen, then they'll go down dying trying. And hey. I, there's there's something admirable in that. Um, well, let's talk about the New York Mets, Tom. Uh, they don't stop making moves, and they had a field day uh, towards the end of last week. They bring in Kodai Senga, the the Japanese pitcher, for five years and seventy five million. They re-sign Nimmo to eight years, one sixty two, and they bring in David Robertson, our old friend, at one year and ten. So walk me through all those deals and what you thought about the uh, about the terms. I mean, I think they had to bring Nimmo back, given the outfield market kind of thinning out. Um, I like the deal. He is on a massive uptrend analytically in every single offensive category. He had a great year last year. Um, I, I like Robertson. I mean, I guess it's a cheap way to fill out your bullpen. You just need – they need to get, like, two more guys. They need a 
because especially because um, Lugo, who had a great year two years ago, did not have a good year this past year, but he's gone. I don't remember where he went, but I know he's gone. He's a free agent. Still um, signed yet. Oh, I thought he signed. No, oh, well, yet. whatever. They're they're clearly not going to re-sign him. If not, it'll be on a cheap deal. Um, and I, I like I don't know. Again, I don't know anything about this Japanese pitcher, but by all accounts, he's he's going to be a pretty good back end of the year, back end of the rotation starter. Now they just need to focus on bullpen. And I just saw an article that they're really going to hit offense hard still. So they're not done. No, they're far from done. And I think at this point, when you blow past the luxury tax like they're at, they're at like $360 million right now, not counting the luxury tax bill that they're going to have to pay, which is upward of like $90 million. If you're going to do that, just fucking keep going. But, yeah, man, I mean, I'm not saying this is a hater either. I'm just going to say this, you know, from a logical perspective. How much better have the Mets gotten from the point that they were last year or this year? They're very different, right? But let's just talk it out. They lose DeGrom, but they bring in Verlander. We talked last week how we have more confidence in Verlander starting more games than DeGrom, but eventually, I I mean, he's 40 years old. So is Scherzer. I mean, I think he's still a question mark. You you lose um, Bassett, but you bring in Senga. You know, Bassett had a really good year last year up until the very end, right? Like, they're making these moves. You lose Adovino, but you bring in Robertson. You lose Taiwan Walker, but you bring in Quintana. I mean, they're they're different, but are they to be honest, are they a lot better? Yeah, no, you are absolutely right. To be honest, I think as currently constituted, they're at their break-even point, and now is when you start making moves to make yourself better. So, what else did they have to do, in your opinion? You, you said bullpen, and they want to go another bat. I know they sniffed around on Correa. I don't think that was ever a realistic situation there, but I mean. They got kids, Brett Beatty at third, maybe. They got Alvarez at catcher. Are they going to ride with those guys, or are they going to go for a little bit more proven I commodity? I mean, I, they might stick with um, – they might stick with – what's his face? The the catcher? The number – was he the number one prospect in, uh, in, in baseball? I think he was. He was right up there, and he's been their best for sure. Yeah, I, they might they might stick with him, but I think they're gonna find somebody for third base. Don't ask me who. Um, I got to look at the market and see who's still out. Dansby Swanson's still out there. I don't know if they're gonna kick the tires on him. Um, Michael Brantley's still out there. Uh, I I mean, there's a few other guys. I, I guess Ben Tende. Mm-hmm. But they really need infield help. I mean, I guess you could look at Segura. Yep. Profar. He's a guy who could play third base. Um, again, Conforto is floating around there. Trey Mancini is a guy who's floating around there. Um, I mean, it's starting to get slim. Uh, who knows? Maybe they got a trade in their back pocket. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think another glaring name to me is J.D. Martinez. They, they, they looked at him at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. I think he makes a lot of sense for a DH spot that right now is Darren Ruff and Vogelbach, and we saw how that went towards the end of last year, and it didn't go well. So they do yeah, have room. It was to fun pivot. while it lasted, but it did not last very long. Yeah, both those guys are good if you play them sparingly, but you don't want those two occupying your DH spot. Uh, I know Martinez had yeah. a bad year last year, but you, you still trust JD. I like the Mancini idea. Left field is going to be a place they go. Brantley? The yeah, I mean, Brantley works because he can DH too, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so they, yeah, they're going to make... Uh, go ahead, Sean. 
I was just gonna say they're gonna get better. They're gonna make more moves. I, I think that their I think that their plan is for Alvarez to be their catcher. They refuse to trade him anywhere. I think McCann, they're going to try to shed some salary by finding a taker for him. He's been an absolute bust for them. So uh, catcher makes sense to upgrade from within uh, anything you get. Because I, I, I saw this, Tom. You know how many home runs they hit as a combined team from the catcher position last year, McCann and Nito? I don't know. I'm going to guess seven. Oh, my God, you're good. Right on the dot, seven. That's terrible. <laughs> There's only one team worth So That's I mean, not good. Not good. So, yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. They're going to get better. Uh, they've made some interesting moves, though, and I, once again, we got to give Cullen credit just like we gave the owner of the Padres credit. You know, they are not, they are not sitting on the sidelines at all here in free agency. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, but you're absolutely right. They, they've hit their break-even point right now. Yeah, it seems like the same team, just better, just different names, and I mean, I'm yeah, gonna say change this about the names Nimmo. on the back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'll say this about Nimmo. I like him as a player, and, I, and you're 100 percent right about the upward trajectory and all that. Dude does get hurt a lot, and eight years is a long time. Mm. They'll figure it out later in the back end, but last year was really the first year he was healthy for the majority of a season. Yep. No, I agree with you. I mean. We've always said the best abilities, abilities, availability. Let's if they can keep him healthy, I think it's actually a really good deal, like a discount. Yep, and it's good to keep homegrown guys. The, the center field market, unless you wanted to go the trader out, was really poor, like you said. So uh, they bring their home guy back, and and now we'll see where else they pivot to. But Tom, last night Carlos Correa, he does get signed, and he goes to the San Francisco Giants as the Aaron Judge consolation prize. And it's not a bad one. Eleven years, at, or thirteen years, and three hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, I mean the number, the the cash made sense to me. The years really didn't, um, but I guess they just wanted to spread it out a little bit more. Um, you know, I really wanted them, the Yankees, to get him, but at, once I saw that deal, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's a I lot. would have made the deal, but. It is a lot. It it felt like it was inevitably going to go this route. The Dodgers said they weren't even going to entertain it. I think the Mets would have loved to bring him in to play third on like a two- or three-year deal at an astronomical rate. But let's be honest, man. I mean, he's too good of a player to be playing in Minnesota. No offense, Minnesota. And the Giants are a team that really needs a good shortstop because Brandon Crawford's on his last year and – he doesn't have much left anymore, so you can either play him at short and put Correa at third for the year, or you can just force Correa right there and play shortstop. And I'll tell you this, Giants fans were probably really pissed. I know that they made some other moves by bringing in Sean Manea and Ross Stripling on two-year deals each, but losing out on Judge when it seems like it was so close, you know, it, saying that, well, we're going to introduce Carlos Correa as our franchise shortstop, that ain't too bad. Not at all. And again, I mean... I don't know if there was any other teams that were willing to give him even close to this. Like you said, Mets were at a two, two or three year deal. Dodgers probably the same thing. Even the Yankees probably the same thing. But it really only takes one team. Yep, and that team was was the Giants because, like I said, they Aaron, they were they were putting all of their all their money into the Aaron Judge pot, and they didn't have to pay that. Much, I see this pretty close. <laughs> I, I parallel this a lot to the Bogarts deal in San Diego. It's like, we got this money. We got to spend it on somebody. Here you go. 
It's a good comp. It 100% is. Um, I mentioned they brought in Manea and Stripling. The Blue Jays brought in Bassett. I know you're a big Bassett guy. We're going to have to face him now. Three years, $63 million. What'd you think of that contract? I liked it. I would have liked to have seen him for, for the, on, in pinstripes. I just think he's he's going to kick our ass. I mean, he is the perfect number three starter. You saw it in you saw it in in Queens this year when Degrom and Scherzer got hurt and he had to step up and be the number one. He had a very tough time doing it, but when they were healthy and playing, and he was the number two, number three starter, he was pretty close to dominant. He's a really good, solid pitcher, man. And that Blue Jay rotation is damn good with Manoa, Gossman, Berrios, and now Bassett. And they got Ryu hopefully coming back for them. Like, that's a Blue really Jays, good one through five. I'm putting the Blue Jays on the hot seat because okay. that team was – that team honestly was probably the most talented team in our division, and they didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, us and everybody, it seemed like, and their mothers picked them to win the AL East last year. Yeah, no, I they, I mean, they need they. This is a must-win year for them, and I'm not saying World Series, but they have to make the playoffs. Yeah, because now you're starting to enter that window, right, with some of the great young players, where it's like, okay, you're no longer just good players, like you're you're now. Like, we need to see what you really are. You're not prospects anymore, I should say. And they did make the playoffs, but yep. they got swept out of there by Seattle in, in two games. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what their future holds, but they're they're certainly – they're pretty loaded. I, they need bounce-back years from guys like Barrios uh, in that rotation because he wasn't good, and obviously Ryu was hurt. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. But on paper, again, I, I would say they're the most talented team in the division. The names for sure. I, I really, we're not going to make this a Yankee pod because they haven't done shit since we last talked. But uh, if Rodon is the option, I'm going to feel a lot better, even better about the Yankee rotation than the Blue Jay rotation. But uh, we'll save that for another day. Last pitcher here, Syndergaard this afternoon signed a one-year deal with the Dodgers. Sounded like he had multiple year offers elsewhere, but he wanted to go back to SoCal. And the Dodgers have a good reputation for building value up in starting pitchers. So he's going to go do that. Yeah. I mean, if he could stay healthy, he's electric. I just wish he tweeted out like, cause he was on the angels last year. Can't wait to actually pitch in LA this year. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> that would have been damn good. I, I like that. Uh, moving on to the trade market. Haven't had many of these Braves bring in Sean Murphy, the catcher from the A's. Them and the A's have been doing a lot of serious business the last two years, man. Uh, to send Willem Contreras, Wilson Contreras' brother, to the Brewers in the three-team deal. And, man, the Braves, they they just keep getting better, man. I mean, it's not even like catcher was a point of weakness, but you have a chance to go get Sean Murphy, a damn good catcher from Oakland, who obviously doesn't have a future there. They, they know that system well, too, Oakland does. Quite an upgrade, man. Quite an upgrade. The rich get richer. The Braves just do. Honestly, I think... The Braves are doing it better than any other franchise outside of Houston. They're kind of like where the Dodgers were for those few years, where it's like, wait, they keep adding superstars, they keep locking up their homegrown guys, and they have more prospects in the pipeline. Like, Jesus, it doesn't stop. Yep. No, I mean, it makes you makes you kind of cringe as a Yankees fan. <laughs> it makes you cringe if you're most teams. It's just 
their their <laughs> prospects all turn out to be great. They they lock them up young. They can spend money around the edges when they want to, and they have the prospect surplus to go make trades like Olsen and, and Murphy. So, I mean, they really can't do any wrong. Just to finish up here, Blue Jays brought in Kevin Kiermeyer on a one-year deal, and then the Twins brought in Christian Vasquez. And all I'm going to say about that, man, boy, you're upgrading from Gary Sanchez to Christian Vasquez. Good job, Twins. You don't like Vasquez? No, that's what I'm saying. It's a big upgrade from San- Gary Sanchez to it Christian is, yeah. Vasquez. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got some things to say about Will a little bit later. Um, kind of a kind of an idea. I want to bounce off your bounce off your noggin. Um, yeah, I, I like the move. I mean, the Twins are a small market team. They got to make these fringe deals, and I like this move a lot for them. Vasquez is damn good, man. He he always has been, and he, he's won a lot, too. So uh, good job on the Twins. Again, you just had to watch the Gary Sanchez experience for a year. Consider yourselves lucky it was only a year. He's still unsigned, by the way. Maybe the Mets can bring him in. He loves New York, I guess. Uh, as, a, as a Closet Mets fan, I'm going to avoid that as, at all costs. I think that's the right thing to do. All right, we'll see if the Yankees have anything in store coming up, if the Mets do anything else. But, yeah, the, uh, the offseason is moving along. It's, it's nice that there's a little bit of urgency this year. Um, even with last year, obviously, they had to have it because of the lockout. But um, things should be heating up, man. I mean, you know what I'm going to say right now, don't you? Can you guess? They need to they need to do it all within the span of a you know a month or two or, or are you talking more about the Yankees? Nope. Talking about the Yankees. Let's fucking go and get Rodon, please. I can't stand when they say, Oh, they're he's their number one target and then they offer him a deal and they say there's still a sizable gap in negotiations. Like if you're <laughs> yeah. serious about him, go make the fucking contract the work. Like why are you taking so long? All the dominoes are falling off the board, man. The Giants brought in Stripling and Manea, right? Like these teams are making other moves. Like the Cardinals are not gonna offer him the kind of deal he wants, which is like seven seven years and two hundred something million. Like just make the contract fucking work. I couldn't agree more, man. I really couldn't. Let's let's hope they get that deal done. And then I don't know if there's a trade to be done or at least, I don't know. Donaldson's got to be off this team, period. Donaldson Hicks to the moon. All right. um, Tom, we got some sad news. Not much college football, but your favorite coach, your boy, one of the best personalities in college football, Mike Leach passed away the other day after a heart attack and, uh, Weaves a legacy, including maybe having something to do with you getting into college football, which I think across all his accomplishments might be one of the best. Yeah, it's a it's a bad day. It's a sad day. R.I.P. to Mike Leach. Um, great, great run. You know, I thought he was really going to turn that Mississippi State program around. I thought maybe in a few years we were going to see, especially with this transfer portal, possibly a college football playoff. You never know. He's pretty good at bringing in transfer quarterbacks. Maybe he could have gone out and got that next, you know, Heisman type guy like Oklahoma was doing for a while. It's a sad day. Great, great career. By all accounts, I don't know him, but really good guy. Um, just, just one of a kind. Yeah, aside from locking Craig James's kid in the shed that practice, uh, he's hey, literally hey. perfect. 
We're not <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that, all right? That we're was not talk that about was that. deserved. It probably was a little punk. Um but yeah, we've you know, one fifty eight and one oh nine in twenty one years between Texas Tech, Washington State, and obviously Mississippi State where he's been the last several years. It was the the inventor of the air raid offense and the modern offense and those wide open college football you know landscapes you saw him take it started in the big 12 i remember them having that michael crabtree team that beat texas you know then goes to washington state obviously has Minshew, and then was building something at mississippi state they beat Ole miss this year in the egg bowl uh just sad just sad to see him go and not be coaching football because you always look forward to those interviews no doubt about it. RIP. We lost a good one. All right. Caleb Williams wins the Heisman. And, Sean, I have to call myself to the carpet on this because I was thinking about it. And I don't know if it's because we're doing the pods later and I'm a little sleepy sometimes, but I've been too much of an agreeable boy lately. Okay? Okay. You make great arguments and you come at me all the time, but sometimes with the Donaldson thing and the Caleb Williams things, you convinced me of it, and I was like, God damn it, he got me because I hated when we got Donaldson, and then you talked me into it, and then Caleb Williams, you were like, no, I don't no, think he's no, going to win no, the Heisman. No, 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 I got to no, stick. No, no. stick to my guns more. This isn't a you problem. This is I'm apologizing to the fans because I need to stick to my guns because you know what? We've done this, what? This is episode 269, I think, 270, yes. something like that. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be wrong sometimes. So I, I I if I have a little bit of a hunch or I have a feeling about something, no more dis no more agreeable boy. Just you make great points. You're very knowledgeable. This has nothing to do with you. This is more a me problem. I'm just saying it. I gotta stop being an agreeable boy. If I disagree with you, I gotta stick to my guns. Cause the Donaldson thing, I always fucking hated him, and I know you were trying to talk us talk yourself into it just because oh it's the Yankees. Oh my god, you are but I hated being delusional him. with the Josh Donaldson thing. I said that he's a better third baseman than Urshela, which is true across the board. I said I hated him. I hated when the deal was moved. Look back on our conversations. I screenshot the text. I said I fucking hate this. I hated the trade from the beginning. There's a lot of other things that we can disagree about. That's not one of them. I hated Donaldson. All I did was say that he's a great defensive third baseman, which is true. Hate him. Don't like him. Never wanted him. Regardless, this is a me thing, Sean, and you're making it about you, and I'm trying to have a therapy session here. I need to be a more disagreeable boy. Be disagreeable, but do it about the right when I, things. When I, when I, when I, when I feel it, when I feel it, sometimes you're going to convince me. Sometimes I'm going to say, you know what, Sean's right. Sean's right. But there's other times where it's like, I can't be sleepy and and just say, yeah, you're right. No, I got I got to disagree about disagreeing right now. Okay, so what's your point about Caleb Williams? Well, that's what I was thinking was you were like, oh, I don't think he's going to win the Heisman. And then I was like, in so many words, I was like, yeah, maybe not. But you know what? Deep down, I was like, fuck it. That's my guy. Stick with him, Tom. When I was listening Again, to our podcast, you I big tired bitch. I think this is a bitch. bigger indictment on you being sleepy that you're not recalling our conversations. I didn't say that he's not going to win it. I said that because Duggan had a great Big 12 championship game and Williams' USC team sucked, that they might get a little closer to Duggan, who had a great year. I didn't say that he should win it. I didn't say that Williams weighed an egg and he. Should no, you never said that he should win third. it, but you, I, you said that I think he, I think he went out and won it. 
I said that if I said that if it, if if Duggan gets it, it will be because he took it and 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 ran with it when when Williams didn't have a great game. I didn't say that Williams doesn't deserve it if he gets it. No, no, no. I'm not saying you said that. I, this is a me thing, Sean. Okay. Yeah, well, you're, you're, I your gotta me be, thing is turning st- you into forgetting conversation, so now I have to wonder about if it's not just sleeping, but whether you're having a cocktail or something while we're talking because you're not understanding the words no. I'm telling you. The one time we tried to have a cocktail during the podcast, we had Johnny Walker Blue, and I was like, you got to drink it because I don't like it. Remember? <laughs> I don't think we had Blue. Um, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, all right. Yeah, well, that was a long time ago. I was we were we were still in the studio. That's three years ago. Um, but anyway, yes, Caleb, yes. your boy, he going the Heisman. Thirty-seven touchdowns for four picks. Ran for ten. Had over four thousand yards. I mean, listen, he had an unbelievable year. What can, what can you say? It was a one-man show. Let's be real. I mean, yes, they had some good skill position players, but that team would be nothing without him. So he deserved to win it. To, a hundred percent. And I thought that there was some momentum for Duggan because of that last game. And you see when Heisman races are close, sometimes votes can swing. But at the end of the day, if you asked anybody in America, would they rather have Max Duggan or Caleb Williams across the board? People would say Caleb Williams. So good, good job by him. Well, yeah, of course, and, NFL talent wide too. Yeah. A hundred percent. Great year by Duggan. And, you know, Duggan's playing in a college football playoff, and hopefully Williams is in there next year because you want to see him on the big stage, right? No, he's leading the team to it next year. You're, you're. I'm calling it. They are going to it next year, and he's going to win the Heisman again. Who has any? Who was the last? Has anybody ever won back-to-back Heisman's? Tebow Archie didn't Griffin. do it, did he? No, nope, Archie Griffin back in the seventies. I'm new to college football, so I need to lean on you for that. Um, I got you. What was my other point? Oh, it was about Will. Okay. So now, I know we're going to talk football later, but I don't know if you know, Sean, but the Detroit Lions are in a, in a playoff race right now. <laughs> and yeah, they're looking the good for us, right? <laughs> they are. They are. And our fingers are crossed. We're breaking our fingers to the point where they're just crossed all the time that they lose. But I was thinking... We got to take advantage of our loss here, and we got to turn this into a little bit of content. So I think from now on, instead of just going against Will, whenever Will has a crazy take, which I'll tell you, I've known the kid since I was born, since I was one day old, he's always had these hot takes. I think we should have Will on whenever he's got a good take, and we should do a buy or sell. I like it. Yeah, and, and it doesn't even have to be about f- sports. Like, if, if we were around in 2016 and Will Will texted me and said, hey, love him or hate him, I think Trump's going to win the presidency, that would make for a great buy-sell. I don't care what he wants to talk to me about. I mean, I think <laughs> Will would be great at a buy-sell segment. Well, because he's a lunatic and I, I think that with some of these things. Yes, but but he's he's... He's he's hitting them pretty good between the Sanchez and the other thing, but this also gives us a way to keep track of it more, so that when he does fuck up, we we only remember the big crazy ones, like you know we only remember my LeBron prediction 
that I said LeBron's going to fall off um, out of the top two of all time if he loses this series against Portland and he goes on to win the finals. And we only remember your Kirk Cousins take. we got to remember some of Will's bad ones too. And this is a way to keep him accountable, and it's a way to make this a little more entertaining so we get something out of looking like fucking idiots. I'm all for it. I think this is a great job by you. And at 10.39 Eastern, you're um – you're making some proclamations, and I think we need to hold you to both of them. So we'll get Will on. We'll get Will to spew some of his takes. And then, uh, you know, you can be a little bit more awake slash disagreeable with me. But only if you and I are actually disagreeing. Only if I – yes, of course, of course. I'm not going to just be – I'm not going to play devil's advocate just for the sake of it like some of these people do on television. This isn't first take. Um, only if way, I truly disagree with you when I have some. Moment? Did you hear, see that viral moment with Skip and Shannon the other day when Skip like went at Shannon and it looked like Shannon was going to kill him? I only saw it on Twitter. But no, like, but I definitely, I definitely wouldn't mess with Shannon Sharp. I hope he didn't get personal with him. No, he did because they were talking about Brady. I guess I, I oh, just God. saw like a two minute clip because uh, I wouldn't be caught dead watching that show. I think anybody that watches those shows are, are losing brain cells watching sports. I, I don't care if anybody has any comments. The only about thing that. I think of, the only thing I think of is when when um not Russell Westbrook um who was Richard it Chair. the cornerback. I'm thinking I can't think. Just Richard undressed Chair. him on television. It was great. No, it was, it was that was classic. Uh, but yeah. So listen. But well, no, of course talk. I will be. When I have some conviction behind something, I have to I have to stick with my takes. That's all it was. It had nothing to do with you. Your takes are great, and you always come with great facts and whatnot. You're a very knowledgeable guy. That's why I keep you around. Um, but if I don't agree, I'm going to have to stick to my guns. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to have Will come on, and we'll do a buy-sell segment, and we could either do a – if you and I both agree, we'll do a group buy, you and I, or you know maybe one of us could back Will and the other one could go against it. It'll be very entertaining. I'm all for it. Will, you, you heard it here and um, come with come with some of your nonsense that might turn into be facts. Um, all right, Tom, let's just go a little NBA here. All right. We got some Nets and Knicks that have actually been playing good basketball and I think they deserve some recognition. Let's start with your boys. I don't see what they I didn't see what they did tonight, but they were on a four game winning streak going into Chicago. But they've been playing well. They were beating the Bulls. They were beating them. I'm gonna check right now for you. Yeah, this Randall, this Randall Brunson thing. I mean, listen, I'm gonna say R.J. Barrett's been the next one, by the way, overtime. in overtime. There you go. Yep. Yes, um, R.J. Barrett's been a been a disappointment. I thought he was gonna take a bigger step forward, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about Julius Randall turning it around and Jalen Brunson being the reason he turned it around. Knicks are at the sixth seed right now, and I'm loving every second of it. And I could totally see them sticking around right here. Oh my God! Well, look at how look at the teams they're going to be in contention with. I mean, the Hawks are a dumpster fire. The Pacers can't keep this up. The Pacers yeah. lost to my team when we didn't play any of our top eight players. So I don't think I don't buy the Pacers. The Hawks stink. Uh, I think the Knicks have staying power, and they got a trade or two up their sleeves, as we keep talking about. Yes, I just hope it's the right one. I I like the direction the Knicks are going. Um, the only thing that that sucks is their success keeps Tibbs around and I just don't think Tibbs is a good fit for this kind of a team but hey if they win and they get a six seed can I be mad about it well I, I also think that 
Tibbs deserves some credit for cutting the rotation the way he did. You know, Fournier's out, Grimes is in, McBride is in, and uh, he's he can force yeah, players like that to play. Yeah, it's about defense. time. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Fournier's a guy, I mean, we've been saying it since literally the day they signed him, that they need to trade him. Yeah, and now he's not playing, so like, there's really no reason to have him around. And it sounds like Reddish is on his way out. Uh, to some teams interested in him. So, I mean, he's trimming his rotation the way he wants to trim it. And, you know, he's going to get enough scoring now with Brunson and Randall and hopefully some better defense. No doubt about it. I've You know who I've got my eyes on before we jump into your nets is the Chicago Bulls. I feel like maybe a late, one, of our, one of our poopy first-round picks – and a combination of Reddish and Fournier gets us somebody halfway decent off that team because they're a hodgepodge group, but they have a lot of good players. They're so weird, man. They're a horrible team, but they really do have a lot of talent on that team. Um, I know we we threw out the possibility of Levine. You were not too excited about that when I threw it your way, but I could again, be talked I, into it depending on the price. Yeah. I think that's what it would come down to, right? Like, I don't even know how what he would take right now because he's coming off that knee injury, and you know he hasn't been playing particularly great. But I think he's still a, he's an elite player in this league. Definitely, he's a twenty-plus points per game scorer, and and that's not easy to come by even in this NBA. Let's talk about something fun here. Let's talk about your Brooklyn Nets at 17 and 12. They're starting to turn it around. KD's putting up MVP type numbers. Kyrie's keeping his head somewhat screwed on straight. How do you feel about your team? <laughs> I feel good about him. There's no other way to say it. Um, those two are huge reasons why uh, Jacques Vaughn has this team playing very good defense, not always based off scores, but exactly. they're making they're making winning plays late. Uh, and the things that I really like seeing are games like Saturday where they sit literally everybody. And I know that's not a good look and listen, I'm not going to defend it, but they played, they went six and one on a seven game homestand that I love to see you defend your home court. Cause last year it felt like anybody, you and I could have walked into Barclay center and won. Um, and then, you know, they're, they win that game in Indiana against a hungry, feisty young Pacers team that's played well. And you have Cam Thomas lighted up. You have like guys like Patty Mills and Marquise Morris who don't get normal minutes. They were playing real well. Uh, some of the young guys putting up minutes. It's like those are games that they never would have won last year. And there's a vibe around this team that's good right now. They're winning games they should win. Uh, it's not always pretty, but they're learning to win as a group. And they're really fucking deep. And you feel good about that. You just need to keep everybody healthy. And in Kyrie's case, his fucking head on straight. Easier said than done on the second one that you said there, um, <laughs> as you know, better than anybody. But listen, this team just needs to keep playing defense the way they are, and they're going to be just fine. Absolutely. And hopefully as they get better, some of these games that they're winning by 15 late in the fourth, you know, they don't turn into six-point leads where Durant has to come back in. It would be nice to have him be able to sit on the bench at the eight minute mark or the seven minute mark and not have to worry about checking back in because they let the other team go on an extended like 10, no run. So that's the only gripe I have, but I'm, I'm I agree. The vibe around this team right now. I'll talk and not that you're on the ledge, but I'll talk you off the ledge on that. I just think that has to do with the fact that 
Your new head coach just needs to figure tighten up like Tibbs did his rotation, and those 15-point leads will be held. I think so. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel much better about this team than I did you know, two, three weeks ago. Well, how can you not? Exactly. Um, the last bit of NBA, because uh, we're not going to go all the way back in again. We're only two weeks removed from doing our deep dive. But Cade Cunningham out for the season with a shin injury, man. That sucks. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. It's it's an injury that I feel like you don't hear much, hear very often in, in the 2020s. Um, but again, Detroit's going nowhere. I think if they were a playoff team, maybe he could come back in two, three months, sit him down, uh, tank for, for Wembenyama, and and he's back next year. I, now, you know what's fun is I can really watch Jaden Ivey. Mm-hmm. My rookie of the year pick. I think yeah no good pick by you he's looked good I I think that he's this might actually be good for him he needs to spread his NBA wings and now he's got nobody holding him up yeah and I think like I said you know a couple months ago I think Kate's the kind of guy that you would want to play with to make you better but now it really is his team and you know this does suck for Kate these are this sounds like a really freakish injury that's it's been troubling, right? So you hope he gets right and he's back to where he was last year because he played awesome basketball down the stretch last year of his rookie campaign. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think, I don't know shit about Shins, but I I hope more than think that he's okay and that it's just a one-year sit down and rest because you're on a shit team injury. One thing I will say before we jump into the NFL how much fun is it to have Zion back to being Duke Zion and early Pelican Zion? It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. And that team is legit. And Phoenix picking fights with him on their downfall. Phoenix is starting to fall off a little bit. I think they're going to be just fine, the Suns, but it was, you know, he does that huge windmill dunk and the Suns are crying about it. Meanwhile, Bridges did the same thing last year to them and Zion just gave him a little wink-wink, and I love that. I'm tired of the Suns, by the way. I don't want to hear about them the rest of the year. I don't care how good they are in the regular season. I, I'm over them. Wow. I, I'm kind of tired of All right, no bringing them up. So, I, you know, show me something in the playoffs. And until they do, um, I'm, I, got, I got Suns fatigue. Okay, no bringing them up on the pod. You laid the hammer down on me there. <laughs> no, obviously we were going to talk about. <laughs> That's it. fair. And no, off, you I make a valid. Like you make a. You make a really valid point. I mean, who gives a shit? You're an older team, and you need to win in the playoffs. I mean, they did go to the finals, but you know we Choked need to see them away. get over the hump. They got their they got their asses kicked by Luca and Poopoo last year. <laughs> I know. It's like. Who was the second best player? I guess it was. I guess it was Brunson. Like, but still, like that. That there was. You lost by fifty at home in a game seven. I'm. I'm over them. Like, they'll be fine. They'll put up great numbers this regular season. They'll be a high seed, and then uh, we get to talk about them again in the playoffs, probably pissing away another series. Now that's something I agree with right there. There's really not much to say about them. All right, let's move on to week fourteen, Sean. Um, the Giants, the wheels are starting to fall off. They they just could not hang with Philly. No, I mean they were down twenty one nothing 
they gave them three touchdowns on their first three drives and they couldn't do anything on offense. And yeah, wheels falling off is perfectly set. This team is in a real rough spot right now. They can't get off the field on third downs, um, even though they're creating pressure, but a guy like Hertz that doesn't matter against. And they can't do anything on offense because they have no wide receivers. And Saquon Barkley, who was playing like an MVP in the first half of the season, um, looks like a shell of himself. And he's fighting through injury. But, I mean, Daniel Jones was sacked seven times, and he only played the first half. So, I don't know what you want. Yeah, it's – no, there's there's not much to ask for there. Saquon is hurt, and the gas tank looks to be just about on empty. Um and yeah, this team also the penalties, dude. You know, I'm glad you I mean, said that. They, they were never in this game to start, but you're gonna shoot yourself in the foot at every little chance you got. What the fuck? You know, I'm glad you said that. I was gonna actually just escape it away because I, I didn't even want to think about this game. I watched maybe ten minutes of it after they were down twenty one nothing. I said I'm good. But um you know, what were we talking about in the first half of the year? It wasn't just Saquon and Jones not turning the ball over. They were playing discipline. They weren't doing stupid shit. Dable was looking like he had them on a real tight leash and that they were playing great. And now you're doing really a lot of stupid shit, and this team's not talented enough to win if they play a clean game. So if you're not playing a clean game, I mean, you're just adding insult to injury and a team like Philly. I mean, my God, man, watching them against my team for the first time this year, they just look like they can't they can't be stopped. Yeah, I'm going to pull up the Eagles schedule again. I feel like we do this every week, but I want you to tell me if you think they have a loss the rest of the season. Well, I mean, I know they've they got the Bears this week. Yep, they've got Bears, Cowboys, Saints, and Giants. Do uh do you think they lose again this year? The Dallas game is in Dallas, so there's a chance. Other than that, no. I mean, I think we can both uh, both agree that they're going to have two losses this year at most, right? Yes. So, did I mean, Hurts has got to win MVP then, right? I don't know who else is in, even in the conversation right now. Yeah, nobody's really grabbed it. I mean, Mahomes had a subpar game. We both had, we were both on Chiefs minus nine. They did not cover that spread. It was somewhat of a mediocre game. Nobody's gone up there and grabbed it from him. I think he's a shoe in for the award, even if they lose to the Cowboys. Yeah, because like even Josh Allen, like he's still winning games, but he's not playing at the level he was early in the season. Two has fallen off. I mean, like I, I think it hurts. I, I would be shocked if it wasn't. Yeah, the only guy who I think is has to be heard from, and that's if they win out throughout the rest of the year, meaning they have a big win in Buffalo, is Joey Burrow. Wow. Yeah, he's a dark horse, I guess, right? But that's a good point. I mean, they've been on a tear. Yeah, they have. And, and if they can beat the Bills on January 2nd, I think he has to be considered. But... Yeah, I think Hertz has got to be the favorite. I don't have the odds up in front of me. I don't know what they are, but he should be the favorite. Yeah, and this Eagles team is so complete. I mean, they they don't give up a lot of points or yards. They score a lot of points and put up a lot of yards. Uh, they can run the ball if they need to run the ball. They just, Hertz has become a much better quarterback. They have playmakers with 
Smith and AJ Brown and they create turnovers on defense. Then, you know, it's just, I don't see, I don't see a weakness with this team. I guess the only weakness could be if they have a game where they're not running the ball. Well, can hurt sit back in the pocket and sling the ball 45 times and, and win. But that's, I'm grasping the straws here, man. They seem like they're perfect. Yeah, and I would say no about the slinging the ball in the pocket thing until I watch that Tennessee game. Right. No, he's, he's become such a much better quarterback. It's just night and day from that t- playoff game in Tampa last year. And he is officially the favorite. I'm looking at BetMGM's odds coming out on the 13th, which was, I think, two days ago. He's officially the favorite. Mahomes 2, Burrow 3. Makes sense. Yep, two and Allen have fallen off, deservedly so. Um, moving on to the next game, my Jets. Mike White leaves the game twice. Uh, we lose Quentin Williams. Both players are day-to-day, which is a very good sign. Um, uh, we were in this game against the Bills, man. Um, and I think, you know, we might be talking about something different if Mike White doesn't go out seven million times in this game. He's tough as nails, bro. I get so much respect for him taking those hits. It made me it, – oh, yeah. they hurt me from the couch. I was like, oh. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And and I, I think – have the Jets found themselves maybe a quarterback? Well, the, the every single time it seems like he's had the chance to run with it, he's gotten hurt. Now, at least this time it wasn't like last year where he suffered a season-ending injury, but – he he's been taking some shots and you, you don't want to lose him because if you do, then you don't know, but he makes throws. I mean, I'll tell you this, man. I think you have two more wins on your ledger this year. If he had started all year, I think you definitely win one of those two Patriot games and you've probably got another win under your belt. Like he, he, he doesn't do anything spectacular. Yeah, I think we're, Oh, no, I was just going to say, he doesn't do anything spectacular, but he does the routine, and sometimes that's all you need, especially when you got players like you have on offense. No, no doubt about it, and I, I agree with you. I think the Jets are in the driver's seat for that wild card, and looking at, the, looking at this Bills game being a lot more important for the division had Mike White started all year, but I, I like where the Jets are. Um, this running back by committee thing worries me, but... Hey, if you want to go with the hot hand, you want to go with the hot hand. I mean, they traded for Robinson, and now he's a healthy scratch. But this guy, this new running back that they got, um, the un- the uh, undrafted free agent, seems to be have a little bit of a spark to him. I just keep feeding Garrett Wilson the ball. Um, get Elijah Moore a little bit involved. Get our tight ends involved and just keep playing good defense. Hopefully Quentin Williams plays this week. Yeah, their uh, defense is elite. I mean, it was 20 points, but it wasn't a pretty 20 points. Um, you know, and the, as for the Bills, they're not the same team. They're not the same team that they were. I think no. that they could, uh, they could, they I could feel go like down. This happened last year. Yeah, they routed New England in the wild card game, and then, I mean, unfortunately for them, they had that misfortune against the Chiefs in the wild in the uh, divisional game. But, uh, you know, they're not. You'd like a team with their talent to be peaking right about now, and they they seem to be falling off a bit. They're still immensely talented, but they're not what they were. No, not at all. All right, next game, 
this game, the Raiders are barely in the playoff picture, but they are in there. doesn't really matter with the Rams, but uh, do you want to say anything about Baker? You had a lot of nice flowers to give him via text to me. Do you want to keep that between us, or, or do you want to say something? No, 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 no. I'm a man who can eat his own words. Um, listen, <laughs> I, I don't like him. It's been honest. I've been honest about it, uh, but I got to give him credit. I'm not doing this by saying, oh, well, the Rams have their new quarterback. If the staffer's not good to go or he's going to parlay this into a really good opportunity and ball out elsewhere, I'm not saying any of that shit. But to go into a game with less than 48 hours with his new team, and go in after the first series because Wolford stinks. And he goes and leads that comeback. I mean, that I just, you got to give him credit for that. I don't know how else you can't. No doubt about it. I mean, the Rams were, it was a perfect marriage. Baker needed to audition for whatever he's going to be in his next job. And the Rams just needed a guy that could actually throw the ball more than 12 yards. <laughs> it's true. As for the Raiders, man, they that what a what a choke job that was. Absolutely pathetic. Um, they're just McDaniel's. This has got to be the last run ahead, Coach. I mean, I think if they keep going on the slide that they're going on, they, he might get he might actually get fired. He might not. Maybe a real blue check will actually get you this time. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> Lions Lions beat the Vikings 34-23 Will's Lions continue to play great They beat the Vikings in, Min- or, uh, in Detroit Dan Campbell has this team playing really, really well And now they are going to take their kneecap-biting ways Into MetLife Stadium for a second time And take on your Jets But a lot of money was going onto the Detroit side As the week went on last week, bro And now you can see why Yeah, this Vikings team, we we never bought into it, and I'm proud of us for that. Um, their their defense sucks, and if their offense is just going to sit in neutral like this, which Kirk Cousins can do with the best of them, then they're going to be a first round out. Uh, there's no doubt about it. From the Lions' perspective, this is not a team anybody wants to face. This offense is legitimately good. Yeah, I don't think, you know, they're going to have a top pick via the Rams. I think it's probably going to be a top four pick. I don't even think they need to look at quarterback. Uh, no. I guess the I guess the only question is is how much do you buy into Goff? Like, do you want to do you want to reward him and make him your franchise guy for the next 5 years or do you want to just kind of ride the I'm high and maybe draft a guy? Okay. I'll tell you he'd look good in your green and I'm white. I'm buying it. I, I... Am I buying it that much? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think the Lions are going to let him go, man. I they by by all accounts, and I think they've been saying it. He's their quarterback. Listen, he's he's had a really good year, and they've surrounded him with a lot of weapons, um, including a good offensive line and a great running game. I, you know how I feel about Goff. I've never wanted to shit on him. I've never said he's incredible, but I always thought he got a bad rap. And it's nice to see him playing well. Unfortunately, it's on a team that Will is making us look like idiots. 
Yeah, it sucks. Thank God we got a segment out of it. And whenever, when even when we lose, we win. At, uh, sorry, sports. Oh, a hundred percent. All right, the Ravens beat the Steelers sixteen to fourteen. This game again, another game that went ahead and set football back fifty million years. <laughs> um, a classic Ravens Steelers game. All defense and bad offense. Uh, Huntley goes out in this game for a while. Um, yeah, they were just able to find a way to win, I guess, but not impressively, but that was kind of to be understood. Yeah, Ravens still in the playoff picture, but even with Lamar, I just I don't feel good about this team. No, the sample size is too large. They're just they just haven't they don't win impressively. Um, and they lose sometimes like that Jacksonville game, like that Giants game. You just wonder how, um, but they are, they do look like they're going to, like they're going to get in. Um, moving on to the Bengals and the Browns, the Bengals finally beat the Browns. Uh, it's been a long time. Unfortunately, Burrow was always able to beat the chiefs, but he can't beat the Browns until now. 23, 10, this Bengals team, you said it, Tom, they're really starting to click on all cylinders and Burrow looks like a bad man again. He does. He just needed Chase to come back. Lost Higgins in this game and Boyd. Hopefully they can get back soon, but Joey Burrow, he's a bad man. He's the closest thing to Brady except Prime <coughs> Brady. He he is great. Yep, and, you know, too, is they got mixing back so they were running the ball well. Uh, P. Ryan had a good game. And, you know, this defense is starting to come up, too. They're starting to make a lot more plays. This team really does look a lot like Last year's version around this time. No doubt about it. Uh, the only question they have, as always, is their offensive line. It's just a tale as old as time for them. Moving on to the Cowboys, I think they got word that you picked them minus 17 against the Texans. Um, so they got off the bus a little sluggish. <laughs> oh, those pieces of shit. <laughs> they still win and they fuck you both ways. I love it. Of course you do, because you're a bad guy. Um, yeah, I mean they they can't even win. Dak I mean, sucks right lose. now. Oh, he's awful. I mean they this is the most undeserved win uh, of the season for anybody. Fuck anybody else. Fuck the Cowboys. Fuck Will's team. They they didn't deserve to win this game even a little bit. It's the fact that the Texans are might definitely the worst team in the league this year. They don't kick a field goal. They go for it on fourth. They don't make it. And they let the Cowboys drive 99 yards or whatever the fuck it was down the field and score a touchdown. Like, oh, it was disgusting. I didn't win my. I didn't win the game, and the Cowboys won their game. And uh, it makes me sick. I don't like talking about it. Are we worried about the Cowboys being the probably second best team in the NFC? Maybe third behind 49ers? Uh, you tell me. I am. I think if if Dak doesn't step the fuck up, they're in a hell of a lot of trouble. I told you I've been watching it all year. His ball just seems – he seems to be throwing it a second late. doesn't seem to have the zip on it. He, they don't have any runs for him. He doesn't run the ball at all. Um, I, I, I The head coach is, is a constant concern – and Dak has me very concerned in a, in a playoff game. If you told me that they lost 
21 to 16 in a playoff game, I would say, yeah, that sounds right. If you told me they won 38 to 16 in a playoff game, I would say, yeah, that sounds about right. They're so Jekyll and Hyde. I can never get a feel on this team. One week, I think they suck and they just absolutely go off the next week. I think that they're going to dominate and they have a game like this. Um, so I, I really don't know. Yeah, no, um, I just, this, and that's exactly why I just don't think they're, they're a heady pick in the playoffs because I just quarterback and coach are probably the two most important things. And right now, both of them suck. The rest of the team is excellent, but both of them absolutely suck. Jaguars beat the Titans 36 to 22. Um, and I mean, a lot would have to happen. The Titans would have to have a real collapse, and the Jaguars would really have to start winning, but they just made the AFC South a little bit more interesting. This is two terrible losses in a row for the Titans. At Philly, got their dicks kicked in, and then come or go to Jacksonville, rather. Or no, it was in Tennessee. They come home, and Jacksonville routes them. I mean, that's, that's as bad as it gets. Great win for Jacksonville, but Tennessee, what are we doing? Well, when you can't move the ball, I mean, the thing that really kills me, bro, is the fact that is is a rookie wide receiver that's only played half the season in Traylon Burks really the difference between you guys being able to do anything in the passing game and zero? Like, is it really just that? Mm. Uh, you'd like to think not, but, man, they, they really haven't been able to do anything the last couple weeks. Yeah, no. Um, another game that was a bit disappointing. Russ started cooking until he got hurt for the first time this year. Um, my chiefs could not cover, well, our chiefs really, because you picked them as well, could not cover the nine point spread. Um, chiefs uh, are, I'm not worried about them at all. I think that they're going to win when they need to win. Yeah. They don't worry about spreads. They don't give a shit about spreads. They're like one of the worst teams with the spread that, that there ever is, um, but they win. They So, hey, listen, wasn't pretty. They let the Broncos back into this game. I will give Russ credit. He started playing great, and on that play, he suffered the concussion. He really went for it. Uh, I'll always give players credit for that because I don't know if I would. But, hey, they lost another game, and the Chiefs escaped mile high with a win, and that's all you can ask I for. I think you would. You think I would dive head first like that for a first down? I, I'd like to think I would, but I don't know. Business decision sometimes. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think you're a business decision guy. I think you would have gone for it. But, yeah, you got to appreciate that. But you got to love that the Broncos keep losing. I want them to lose every game this year and for until Russell's contract is up. Um, Panthers beat the Seahawks 30-24. to God damn, has this Seahawks team really fallen from grace. Well, their defense sucks. Uh, that's really what it is. They can't stop yeah. anything. Now, and again, Geno's had an incredible year, and they might have found themselves a quarterback for the next four or five years, but he can't drag a team to a win. Well, no, especially when your defense can't get off the field. I mean, Darnold didn't even have to play that well in this game. He started off well and then really didn't do anything, but they just kept pounding the rock. They had Foreman going off. They had Chuba Hubbard going off. I mean, they, there literally was not a single time in that game, man, where I felt like the Seahawks were going to get off the field on defense and, and limit Carolina to like a three and out. Like Carolina just, they had their way with them. 
Yes, sir. Now let's talk about, and I know the Bucks suck, but to put, to have this crooked number hung on them is still crazy with Tom Brady as your quarterback. Brock Purdy and the 49ers win 35-7. to How do you feel about this game? How do you feel about Tom Brady? Oh. I mean, where do you want to start? And they had no business winning that Saints game. They turn around, go out to Brady's home home area. I mean, this was this was not even a game. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I guess I'll let you. I'm going to ask you: Is this more of a Brady problem, or is this just an overall Tampa problem? Because they, this team, I don't know who they could beat right now. They're terrible. I think it's an overall Tampa problem more than it is a Brady problem. I mean. Brady does what Brady does. He's going to try and get you death by a thousand paper cuts, but they just don't have the players to do that. You saw what he did in that Saints game on the last possession where he just picked them apart just because they let him. I think that the head coach and Todd Bowles, Byron Lefwich, probably need to be fired if Brady's going to come back because they've done an absolutely terrible job. This team's been decimated by injuries, and they just don't have the players for Brady to get it done. And their defense has looked really shitty lately as well. Yeah, I think it was Rosillo that men talked about this team compared to Brady's 2019 Patriot team that, you know, squeaked into the playoffs, lost that home game to the Titans, and, and that was Brady's last game as a Patriot. And it is reminiscent, right? I mean, that team had a lot of flaws, but they kind of snuck in because of a bad division. Uh, you know, Brady was able to make some plays, but when you look at them compared to teams that are supposed to be their counterparts – I mean, they're not even close. I mean, San Francisco, uh, uh, they just annihilated Tampa. It was not even a – it was never a game. Yeah, I mean, this year Brady might not even get lucky enough if the Panthers keep playing the way they do. I mean, the Panthers have Pittsburgh, a very winnable game, Detroit. They could win that game if they run the ball on them. Then they play Tampa, and then they play New Orleans. I mean, that – that game, Panthers-Tampa, could really matter because, you know, Tampa is only one game ahead of them. And Tampa's got Cincinnati, and the uh, if they lose this week, that, that Panthers game's really going to matter. I know. Isn't it crazy? Like, that's how awful this division is. Um, I want to say I guess I would keep my money on Tampa, but after a showing like that and that undeserved win against New Orleans, like I just don't know how I can say it with any confidence other than the fact it's Brady, but I don't even think he can fix this team. No, I mean, when you put the guy behind the eight ball, when you when you spot it was it was 35 to nothing and they scored a cheap touchdown. I mean, uh, even Brady, the greatest of all time, can't do anything about that. And as for San Francisco, listen, Brock Purdy, I don't know if he'll put up numbers like that every week, but I tell you what, man, he plays with Moxie. He he doesn't turn the ball over. He's he's safe. He can make some throws and then just let this defense win you games. Yeah, no, I, I think Shanahan, the combination of Shanahan and and just the running game and the defense that they have, it's a perfect situation for, for a rookie quarterback. Um, there, There's no better to have a quarterback go down and, and be able to stick a guy who is his first year in there and have him produce. Definitely not. Uh, it's a perfect situation. And, 
you know how I feel about this 49ers team. And if Brock Purdy can just do just do what Jimmy G did, I, I like their chances. Um, Chargers beat the Dolphins 23-17. Everybody was hyping this up as the Herbert versus Tua Bowl. This is two bad weeks in a row for Tua. But I got to tell you, boy, man, I didn't see this Chargers defense playing like that. No, they, they showed out even without Derwin James, obviously their best player and probably the best safety in football. Um, they disrupted those timing throws to Tua, and if you clearly that's the formula to beat the Dolphins. If you can disrupt those throws where it's 1-2, get rid of the ball for Tua, then you can beat him, and Herbert was incredible. I want to give you a lot of credit because last week you – we're on the pod after that 49er game and you talked about the recipe and the formula to beat Miami and to his offense. And boy, were you right again? That's exactly what, that's exactly what the chargers did. They took a blueprint from what San Francisco did the week before. So I want to give you credit on that. Um, but yeah, Thank you. I, Herbert, you're not Herbert saying Dawson. what I think you're saying where I should start auditioning for defensive coordinator gigs. Are you? Uh, 100% not. Uh, but Herbert was very, very good in this game. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, I was talking to my, my Chargers fan friend um, about it. And if, and if you had to do a redraft of that of that season, you had Burrow, Tua, Herbert, and Hurts. What's, what's the order you're going with? I hate questions like this. It's only their third years. I mean, Burrow was one. There's no question about that. Uh, Hurts last year at this time, we didn't know he knew how to read an offense, and now he's going to win MVP. Um, I love Herbert, but he has games where he leaves a bit to be desired, and up until recently, Tua was leading like one of the best offenses in football. So I guess I'll go Burrow, Herbert, Hurts, Tua. But it's it's very fluid. I'm right there with you. I, I think I think that's how it's gonna stick too. I think that's how it's gonna stay um, for for the rest of time, honestly. But again, it's fluid. Who the hell knows? Tua could rip off. I mean, I think they play Buffalo this week. Tua could rip off, you know, a 400 yard game for all we know. And then I'm saying Tua should have been number one. So what what the fuck do we know? Um, Patriots beat the Cardinals twenty-seven to thirteen, um, and Kyler tears his ACL. Tough scene uh, for a game that really didn't matter aside from that. No, um, the Patriots are still sneakily alive in that playoff picture because even though I think your Jets are so much better, uh, they have the two-zero uh, advantage on you, but. Yeah, uh, the Cardinals are a dumpster fire, and I do feel for Kyler. You know I'm not a fan of his, uh, both on the field and off. But so tough scene, and, man, I think that that's a team where you're looking to just fucking blow it up to and tear it down at the nub because I, I don't see a world. They've been mediocre this year. I don't see a world where they get any better, and especially with Kyler probably missing all next year. Yeah. I mean, the only issue is is that they just gave Cliff Kingsbury a five-year extension at the beginning of the year. And their GM, who actually stepped down today, or didn't step away, rather, he's taking a leave of absence. Well, he was upset about the Tua loss. 
<laughs> um, listen, man, I, I don't. This Cardinals, they, they are, they are, they haven't been good since the first half of last year. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, no doubt about it. They didn't even get hot to start this year. But you ready to get into some picks? Yes, sir. All right, Sean, you probably don't want me to recap last week's picks, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. You went 1 and 3. I went 3 and 1. Um you had the Bills, I had the Jets, you had the Eagles as did I. We both took the Chiefs. Um and you took the Cowboys, I took the Bengals. So our records are both 29 wins. I have 24 losses. You have 29 wins and 26 losses. Are you ready for week 15 coming into the home stretch? I need to do a fuck ton better than I just did last week. Yes, you do. Um, I am right back in it, and I need to I need to tear it up this week and try to try to pull away. All right. Well, Tom, we'll start with your Jets. They're home to Will's Lions. And, you know, I've had a really tough time trying to decide where I wanted to go in this game because I don't know the status of Mike White. But if he's playing, I think the, I see here the Jets are one-point home favorite. I'll take the Jets. Actually, the Lions are. I don't know if this – I'm going to assume that you're still going to go with the Jets because – the oh, Lions are actually yes. a one-point favorite on the road. So I'm assuming you're still going to take the Jets in that spread? Yes. Read that wrong. Yep. I'm right there with you. The Jets need to make some hay in order to make the playoffs. I'm going with the Jets plus one at home. Uh, moving on to the next game, we have your New York football Giants playing the Washington football team going down to D.C. The Commanders, Washington football team, as I like to call them, are four-and-a-half-point favorites. How do you feel this game's going to go? Well, Tom, I'm going to do something that I don't normally do, but fuck it. My heart says pick the Giants. My head and every part of my football knowledge says pick the Commanders. I think the Commanders will win, but I'm taking my Giants. I have to do it. Giants, come on. Don't finish the season winless. Win this fucking game in D.C. Daniel Jones, don't be continually um, you know, winless in primetime games. I know every team you've played with on primetime sucked, but win this game. You're not Tyler, Taylor Heineke's not a lot better than you. Come on. I really thought you were going to take Washington in this game. I thought you were going to make the heady pick, as you have all year. Um, I'm going with Washington. I like you going with the heart here. Um, I just think that Washington, Chase Young looks like he's going to be playing this week. They seem to have all their big players. Um, I just think the Giants, especially with my boy Saquon, shaky, um, looking a little dinged up and getting no gas left in the tank, I don't think the Giants have enough to beat them. Yeah, listen, uh, I think you're right. So I'm I'm doing a great hedging job here because if the Giants win, I'll say I got the pick right. And if Washington wins, I'll say I knew they would. Um, but I don't care. Give me the Giants. All right, give me your first out-of-market game. Going to go to Cleveland. 
Uh, Browns three-point home favorite to the Ravens. I don't know who's playing quarterback for the Ravens. Uh, the Browns haven't looked great with Deshaun, but this Ravens team we've talked about, man, they're just unimpressive. So I'm going to take the Browns. All right, Browns minus three at home. I think um, the backup Huntley is playing this week from what I saw. Jumping into my game here, first one I just talked about them. They're looking to take over for the Ravens and steal that first-place spot in their division. Cincinnati Bengals going down to Tampa. They are three-point favorites. I am going to take the Cincinnati Bengals with the spread there. Well, we're going to make this very easy because that was my fourth pick. You son of a bitch. Wow, we've really been lining up a lot lately, and I, I haven't checked our success rate, but it was not good last week. Um, all right, you've got the Bengals minus three and a half. Now, for this fourth game, I originally took the Eagles. I had the Eagles minus eight and a half. If that's a bonus pick for the boys that they want to throw in there, go ahead and take it. I still do feel good about that one, but I feel better about this one after seeing the last couple of weeks of the Panthers and Steelers last week. Their defense looks a little slow and a little dinged up. I don't care that their big guys are back. They don't look 100%. And I think the Panthers can run all over these guys. They're not going to make Darnold do too much work at home. I think the Carolina Panthers are going to cover this spread of two and a half at home, and they are going to make it really interesting for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I really like this pick. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I I like the Eagles pick, but I just like this Carolina one a little bit more. I think Carolina's rolling, and I, I really I think Carolina might win the division I, after after seeing that they play Tampa next week. It's entirely possible, man. It really is. All right. Well, that's that's about it. You got anything else for me, Sean? No, man. Not really much else. Um, not much on the docket. I've, I've wrapped up my Christmas shopping, which is good for me. I'm usually a last-second kind of guy. But I've Congratulations. Got done. I've got some of them shipped out. Um, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. No stress there. Um Enjoying some nice 60 degree weather here in Austin, so I'll take that. What about you? What do you got going on? I myself still have a little bit of Christmas shopping to do, um, but aside from that, enjoy that weather. It's fucking freezing up here. I cleaned up the golf clubs, so that means they're getting put away for the year um, unless I go somewhere south. Not much else aside Christmas shopping for me. All right. Well, listen, man, try to stay warm. We got Saturday football this week, so you, you can stay hunkered in, hopefully, um, and staying warm. Sorry about having to say goodbye to those golf clubs. I know that stinks. Um, but, yeah, hey, finish up that Christmas shopping. Don't, don't wait till the last second. It doesn't always work. I can speak from experience. Yeah, no, no Christmas Eve shopping for me this year. I'm going to be doing it all, all within the next week, so... But yeah, that about wraps it up, and we'll be talking to everybody next week. Take care, everybody.